From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to episode 248 of the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian, Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host and good friend, John Sakari. John, how are you today? Very good, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. We're starting out our show with a bit of sad news today because um, we had a passing in in someone who is really important in Disney history, especially Disney animation. Um, Disney legend um, Bernie Mattinson, who was an animator, a director, a producer and story artist at Walt Disney Studios, um, the animation studios. He passed away Monday, February 27th. He was 87 years old. He was still active at Disney, and he uh, he worked there almost 70 years. He was the longest-serving cast member in the history of the Walt Disney Company, and he was going to receive his 70th anniversary service award on June 4th. This would have been the first 70th anniversary service award ever, you know, ever given out by the Walt Disney oh. Company. So, John, you you probably know a whole lot of what he has done. He he directed uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol in 1983. Yes. And that was the first time Mickey returned to the big screens in 30 years. He was a co-director of the 1986 film, The Great Mouse Detective. He worked, he most recently worked on Strange World. So, but he worked on Winnie the Pooh, Big Hero 6. And he, uh, it was when he was 18, he dreamt of working at the Walt Disney Animation Studios and he followed his dream. And he, uh, but some of the things he worked on, he worked on not only the the couple that I just mentioned, the films, but he worked on the classics like Lady and the Tramp, 101 Dalmatians, The Sword and the Stone, The Jungle Book, The Rescuers. And he worked on the story team for Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Mulan, and Tarzan. And it just goes on and on. And he also worked with the new generations of storytellers and filmmakers, you know, at the Disney studios. And, and I, I'd seen him in, in some presentations. And so I was, uh, so I had met him really nice man. I think I have a couple things he autographed for me, but he grew up in San Francisco as I did. And when he was six years old, his mother took him to the San Francisco Orpheum Theater and he saw Walt Disney's Pinocchio. And it was then when he saw that film that that was his dream to work in the business. And, um, and then he just, but he just kept working and working and working and drawing when he was 12, he, he could draw Disney style cartoons. 
like you know and and he kept dreaming of becoming a um you know a disney artist after he graduated from high school his mother drove him to burbank dropped him off at the studio gate with his portfolio he uh, a guard took a look at him in the portfolio called the head of the personnel department he got an interview and a job and began in the mailroom. And six months later, he started working as an in-betweener at Lady and the Tramp. He had no formal art training. He was self-taught completely. And then he became an assistant animator under Disney legend Mark Davis on Sleeping Beauty. And then he just continued to work on that. He also worked on Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color um, television series. He worked on The Sword in the Stone, Mary Poppins, The Jungle Book, The Aristocats. And anyway, so it, he I, I can't um, believe he worked on Strange World. Like you don't don't they? I would you would think he would retire. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. And and he said about animation. He said animation is seventy five percent thinking and twenty five percent drawing, and everything must be carefully thought out first. Our animators not only have to think like actors, but also figure out how to get that performance across on paper and screen. Our characters pause to think and connive, and you can see it in their eyes. So uh, anyway, so, um, you know, when, when, at, when he worked there at the 50-year mark, he was asked about his Disney career. And he said, you know, uh, I mean, 50, he said, I mean, 50 years is a long time. But I still feel like that 18-year-old kid that came back here in 53, you know? I never feel like I've gotten old. And, you know, he will never be old because his um, legacy will live on for generations. Not only in all the films that he worked on and created, but also through all of the artists and Imagineers and, you know, Disney legends that, you know, he um, worked with. And he was named a Disney legend in um, 2008. Oh, sad to lose him. Yeah. So all of us here at the the Diz, we send out our condolences to Bernie's um, family and friends. And we are grateful for everything that he has done for us. From points across California and beyond, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition. We're going to call this episode 795. In this episode, we will catch up with an old friend, talk about our recent visits to the Disneyland Resort, and we're going to take a walk around Pixar Pier. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by my good friends, Nancy Johnson. Hey! Mary Jo Mulata willie Hola, amigos. <laughs> Michael Bowling. Hey there, hi there, ho there. Luella Loriola. Hi, everyone. We have a full room. Tony Spatel. Hello. I've never. I'm not used to my last name at that spot. That confused me. I know. I Sorry. Well, yeah, me I well because we have Wayne Toyko. Right. Greetings, everyone. And back on the controls, our good friend John Sakari. Thank you so much. Honored to be with this wonderful group. Yeah, this this is new for you, isn't it? Very. 
<laughs> Every week yeah. is a is a whole different experience. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have us in a very full room. All right. Uh, so before we even get to housekeeping, I want to catch up a little bit with Mr. Wayne Toygo. How are you, sir? Very good. How is everyone today? Sending Doing you a huge well. air hug, Wayne. Haven't seen you in such a long time or talked to you. So good to see you again. It has been a very long time. I had to go back to my calendar to start researching <laughs> dates. It has been such a long time. Ten, year, ten years-ish? Not quite. Not quite. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think my last show was 2014. Okay. All right. So, so there may be folks in this audience who have no idea at all who, who mm-hmm. I am, which is fine. <laughs> so I think we we started 11 years ago as of this recording two weeks ago. So we mm-hmm. just passed 11 years where when we started. And the original team was Wayne, myself, uh, Nancy, and Tony uh, started the show. And we did, I don't know, how many shows were you on, Wayne? You said, what, two and a half years? I, I actually joined the Disneyland podcast team back in September of 2010. Um, before, before there was a podcast. Yeah. Before, uh, Adventures by Disney was doing their Disneyland backstage tours. Mm -hmm. There were these test tours that were done as part of the old Disney Institute program. Mm -hmm. Those were more, well, they were more educational than fun, but the Diz sponsored one of them in 2009. And I went on that one. I had been listening to the podcast for a while and heard an opportunity there. And so I went out there and that's when I met a bunch of the fans and folks. I met Pete. I met uh, what I didn't realize at the time is I met met all of you. I I remember Nancy. I remember Michael and Carol. Um, I vaguely remember Tom. I, 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 I'm, and I can't remember Mary Jo if you were on that one or not. I was. Yeah, she was. Okay. Okay. Everyone was totally new for me at that point. And after talking at length to Pete on that trip, he actually made me a part of the Disneyland team that already had you, Tom, Nancy, and Tony. Right. Um, and I was with a podcast group through August of 2014. Mm-hmm. And at that time, at that time, I had a fairly new job. And that was taking more and more of my available time. And I had to leave the show because I just didn't have enough time to devote to the show. So mm-hmm. between, between our first full-time show, whenever that was, February and 11. 2014. That's how long I was associated with the Diz podcast. And Any favorite so, memories? We had we had so many meetups that we never saw each other in person. Our schedules back then were 
so frantic that we used to assign people various activities at the park. So between all of us, we were coming in and out of Disneyland like nonstop, like every week. But we were all doing something different, so we never ran into each other. I think we had to actually schedule a couple of times when all of us, is, hey, let's meet up at Trader Sam's or whatever it was. And well, well, folks might find it interesting who listen to Connecting with Walt is that Wayne was the original historian on the Disneyland team. And then I came on in 2013. So I'm celebrating my 10th anniversary with the Diz. This year, I'm waiting for my service award. <laughs> um, Wait a long time. Yeah. But, um, and so then when I came on, Wayne, you did the history of the park, of Disneyland. And then I would talk about like the Walt Disney Family Museum, Walt Disney Family, important people in Disney history, things like that. And that's how we separated it out. There was Wayne left. There was a couple that turned out to be most memorable. Uh, I did, I did one, one article on the blog and, and a segment on the show about how to do Disneyland in one day. And that seemed to have been talked about for quite a long time. Um, there was, there was a couple on some of the rides. I tried to do as many of the shows, but we really, we really did split things up. Um, I think the only thing that, um, that I, in fact, we even, we even went to other places as part of our show. I did Magic Mountain. I certainly covered Knott's Berry Farm. Um, for those that don't remember me, I actually worked at Knott's for quite a while. Um, I did their water fountain show. Um, and gosh, Tony was always our food food critic and reviewer. Um, Nancy always covered the parades, if I'm remembering right. Tom, you you did lots of the rides. Yeah, I think you came on before I started doing, or you had gone before I started doing lots of hotel reviews. Okay, I, I made my way through almost all of the uh, Good Neighbor hotels. Okay. I don't remember any of them because they were like one every month I was in a different hotel and talking about it. And as soon as I did the podcast, it was gone. Because when when our show first started, that's when the Disneyland Hotel was going through its refurb from the old Disneyland Hotel rooms the old traditional ones with the old names to the newer ones, which the names have changed again, right? Just recently. Um, but that's, that was when it started, that's when the whole interior was completely different. Um, in fact, the, the meet we had for the Disney Institute meetup was prior to that hotel refurb mm-hmm. and that went on for like three years and I covered yeah. I covered all of that. Did you ever run into fans in the park that recognize you? Once. Once. This okay. was this was really weird. I was actually with some friends and happened to be at the park and I was I remember we were we were at at times struggling because it's just one park. We don't have four parks like Florida. 
Um, and we were always looking for different things to cover as part of our show. And I'm looking at the map and I'm going, okay, what have we never talked about? And I was looking around Tom Sawyer Island and it's like, oh, we've covered the Mark Twain. We've covered Tom Sawyer Island. We've covered Haunted Mansion and all of that today. Wait a minute. The canoes. We have never talked about the canoes. So I did like an entire segment on the Davy Crockett canoes. A couple of three weeks later, I was in the park with some friends and we were headed up to Frontierland and we all said, oh, we got to go do the canoes. Come on, let's go. And we were talking about the show and the segment as we were heading up into line. And all of a sudden, someone from the other side of the queue line goes, are you part of the Diz Unplugged? And I go, yeah. He goes, did you just do a podcast on this? So, yes. People actually recognized from the, from the voice and talking about that. That was one of the few times I got recognized in the park. Excellent. So when, when was your last Disneyland trip? It has actually been a while for a number of reasons. Um, when I left the show, um, I continued going to... Disneyland, um, but being in the high-tech industry here in California, um, I was finding my free time becoming more and more ch- challenging, stressful, strenuous, that kind of thing, and unfortunately, that left little time for Disney Park visit- visits, mm. um, and so I, was, I, w- I found that I was going less and less often as the years progress. Now, ironically, one of my primary responsibilities for my work was part- participating in trade shows, and one of the biggest ones for my industry is held in Orlando every spring, so I found myself coming to Florida one or two times a year and I would plan like a major Disney vacation or, or Orlando vacation right after my responsibilities at the trade shows. Convenient. It was great. I was visiting Disney World almost every year for many years and staying on property and, you know, for at least 10 days on every trip. Those were great. Absolutely wonderful. I stayed in a different property almost every time. And because they were often in spring, I got to attend Flower and Garden, which was a lot of fun. And I also went to Universal Orlando, which I love. Uh, stayed on property there, too. That place is so great, I, uh, especially the Harry Potter lands. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, have been from the beginning. I really get into it every time. And in fact, my first, my first time at, a, at Universal Orlando was a nighttime Diz event that was held at the Hogsmeade area mm-hmm. in Universal Orlando. I can't remember what year. I was there. I was 2011. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. 2011? Okay. I know, I know a lot of us went to that because that was great. That was mm-hmm. just, oh, man. Loved it was it. a Loved Christmas it. time, so the park was beautiful. It was. It was. 
But in late 2017, there was a major change in my company that caused a change in my position. And unfortunately, that stopped my trade show participation, which also put a halt to major Florida vacations. And for the next couple of years, all my vacationing stopped because my mantra became stay employed. And at that point, I had um, I had visited Disneyland for Mickey's Halloween party in 2016. So that would have been October 2016. And I had a huge Disney World vacation in Christmas 2016 as part of a trade show. That... I could spend a podcast segment talking about that visit, even though it was so long ago. But that was that was the best. And then beginning 2020, we had the whole COVID shutdown work from home thing. And that lasted a couple of years. But by then, so much of Disney had changed. And my interest in the parks was slowing, honestly. Um, plus, by that point, I was really watching my finances, and quite honestly, Disney was not the best use of my entertainment dollar at that point. And I took a hard look at what I had been spending on Disney vacations up to then. <laughs> you can't do that. Don't you know you that's the I just rule. Said you every, can't look at it. You just every, have every year. <laughs> yeah. Every year for 10 days plus. Yeah. And it, it, it just wasn't a good fit anymore. I know. I keep buying the annual pass because I'm worried if I don't, I'll never be able to get another one. <laughs> Can I tell you? Yeah, I'm, I regret that I, even though I took two years off of Disney World or 18 months or whatever, why didn't I just keep it? Because when I had to buy tickets for my recent trip, I went, you know what? It One more trip, it would have broke even. Like, It's funny that that's what they've turned us into, but mm-hmm. I hear you, Wayne. But you, now it's sad because now I'm going to want to do a spreadsheet and then be very sad of how <laughs> oh, and, I, could a, I could be driving a Tesla. I could be, you know, have a condo in Orlando at the same time for what. And I'm you guys know the way I used to do planning, and that got well better or worse depending on how you went to it because I would track to the penny what I was spending on things, half of it because I had to account for expenses on the trade shows. And then since I had that facility available, I just kept it up, you know, charge everything to the room and you get this nice itemized list at the end of your trip. I mean, it was so easy to get back home and go, oh my word, look at how much I spent on this thing. Where are we going next year? Or you but, can just, once you get that portfolio, like I did last week, just don't open it, just put it straight into <laughs> trash, and wait for the next trip. Haven't looked at most of them since. And then last year, I formally de- retired, which was a very big change. Isn't so, congrats. Say again? Isn't it, though? Very I mean, much. I, I retired this year, too, so... Yeah, you you can read about it and talk about it forever, but until it's on top of you, you just don't realize how big a change it really is. So my trips to Disneyland and Disney World in late 2016 was the last time I've been in a Disney park. 
Now, I do keep up with uh, Disney news, uh, especially with what's going on in Florida. Um, so I'm not totally detached, and I would go back if I can, but wow, is it getting expensive. I mean, goodness gracious. But with your uh, great planning, you would have been the one to be able to figure out the reservations and the Genie Plus and the coding you have to do to just get on to campus, as I like to say. I wasn't afraid of any of that. Um, a little repulsed by some of it, but not afraid of it. But my goodness, did I hear that on some days they're charging as much as 25 bucks for Genie Plus just yep. for Rise of the Resistance for one ride? <laughs> I mean, Mike, y'all may have already talked about this previously, but Michael, isn't Walt kind of spinning in his grave? I mean, we've turned Disney parks back into carnivals, right? I I can think of other things he might be spinning in his grave about right now regarding this company. But I don't know. I don't speak on behalf of Walt. (laughs) But I just remember he wanted it to be affordable for all families. That was important to him. Well, this was, oh boy, maybe I'll hold back on the Iger comments, but <laughs> Iger has wanted this. He's he's wanted the executive experience ever since he got on board. And goodness, it, it looks like they're all pretty much there. Oh, wh- one more thing um, on, on this subject, on, on, on the days of the podcast, um, back when I was with the team doing the podcast with you folks, after one of our shows, a fan posted a comment and said that to her, I sounded a lot like Sheldon. Well, I had no idea what the comment referred to, but (laughs) apparently all of you did and never told me. Now, at the time, I wasn't watching The Big Bang Theory, but I latched onto the show in its last couple seasons, right before it ended, and I really liked that. So I kind of rewound and started watching all the past episodes. And I finally came across the ones where Sheldon hosted his own podcast. And I finally <laughs> got the joke. So tune in next week, folks. When the we'll have the thrilling episode of Wayne's Fun with Flags, where we'll discuss the flags around Disneyland. Well, you'll have to send us a link to that show, Wayne. <laughs> so, so, so what okay. is Wayne doing in, in, in 2023? Hobbies, movies, more hobbies than movies, actually. Um, nice. Video games. I have always been a video game person. Um I forget if we we ever talked about my roots in the industry. I worked for Atari for a while. In fact, my manager at Atari, believe it, this is no lie. This is no exaggeration. My boss at Atari is the one who invented asteroids. My coworker, oh my who sat right next to me, invented Centipede. My game never made it to market. Sorry, folks. Marketing, Wayne, marketing killed it. Wayne, it I have of, to it ask you. It could have been an ET. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> Wayne, I have to ask you, did you get the Hogwarts Legacy game? 
I have not purchased it. I intend to, but what I have done is I have just recently built an entire new PC gaming machine specifically because my current machine won't play Hogwarts Legacy. So I, I am, I'm at the point now where I have been testing it. It's a great, it's a high end machine. So much so that, believe it or not, I think I got to put water cooling in the silly thing. It is too powerful <laughs> for the fans I have in it. And I was uh-huh. watching videos just last night on, oh my word, what does it take to water cool the stupid thing? And if I have a troubleshooting problem, do I got to call the plumber? The answer is maybe. As a, as a Potter fan, you are going to love it. Lovey. Lovely. All right. I heard they might be making it into an animated film for HBO Max. Oh, wow. Well, Wayne, it's a pleasure to have you along with us tonight. Thanks very much, gang. Thanks for thinking of me and including me. Really appreciate it. Sure, sure, sure. All right, so let's talk about what's going on in the parks now. Um, uh, let's catch up on some housekeeping as far as, as recent trips. Uh, Luella, have you seen any of the 100 Years stuff that's going on? I did. So I was there when Disneyland launched the Disney 100 Years of Wonder, also known as sure. Disney 100. And uh, I saw the Wondrous Journeys fireworks, which was one of the new offerings that started um, on the launch date of January 27, um, as well as Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. The third major and, offering it was uh, World of Color 1, but I haven't seen that yet. And that's at DCA. And you said you've, you've also done Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Florida? I have. I have. Okay, so, so you can kind of compare a little yeah, bit? Yeah. So... I think for the ride itself, I, I'd have to say it's exactly the same. But what is very unique at the Disneyland Park is the queue, which okay. um, if you're going to purchase the Lightning Lane, <laughs> you'll miss a big portion of the queue. Um, but if you are going to go in the standby, I think the queue is adorable especially if you enjoy those Mickey and Minnie shorts, the new shorts, there's a lot of references to many of those shorts. Um, especially if you are, I'm a big fan of um, potato land. <laughs> so there's a lot of little um, nuggets of potato land and all those other things, but not just that they, if you are a fan of anything that is Mickey uh, whether it be Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or the um, maybe Disco Mickey Mouse, any of those things, I think you'll really enjoy that queue. Uh, so if you're in that long line, I think they take um, a lot of advantage of just little nuggets to see. And some of them have little magic if you keep staring at it. So that's one of the difference. But the ride itself um, is really quite similar. And it's a, it's a wonderful ride. I love that ride. So um, that's, uh, I think, uh, something to definitely see. They if you just recently got rid of the virtual queue, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, <laughs> I think that's a, um, a that's a good thing because I didn't get that queue when it first opened up. And so I did. You, so you, you, either, you either pay or you get in line. 
I did cough up that 20 bucks because um, that was the only way to get in. They wouldn't yeah. allow you to go in the standby line. But now it's just a regular standby line. And um, unless you have the Genie Plus, then you can get the Lightning Lane. Okay. Um, right now, the, all of Toontown is not open. I think the actual okay. opening date is March 19. So when you go there, the only thing you can see is Mickey and Minnie's run, Runaway Railway. But after March 19, I think all of Toontown didn't will be they, open. Did they, de- they delayed that a little bit, didn't they, because of rain? Mm-hmm. They did. I think yeah. it was supposed to be March 8. But if you had seen the news, if you're in California, oh, my God, the rains. <laughs> and I'm sure right now the rains. I'm, I'm in Orlando yes. right now. But right now the rains are crazy. And the and weather the is cold. And the snow. <laughs> it snowed in Pasadena. It snowed at my house. <laughs> yeah. It snowed down here in Burbank and at the Hollywood sign. Yeah. Yes. Oh. So I think for that, for the weather, that's the reason why there is a little bit of a delay in Toontown. But it's, What it's does the rest of Toontown look like? I, I mean, can you really see the big differences? There's, It's all boarded up. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, it's hoping. boarded up. So there's walls. Uh, the right side where, um, if you've ever been to Toontown, where the Roger Rabbit ride is, there is a little bit of a change. They kind of put grass area, but the Roger Rabbit ride is closed too. So um, you can't, um, the only thing at Toontown really is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I wish they sold those treats that they have on display in the snack stand in the queue. I wish they really sold those. Yes. Who knows though? There is a store when you exit and that wasn't open yet. Mm. Well, I wanted to ask you the, you know, the the Toontown mountains that are in the background. Are those the same or has anything changed in that? If you can remember, I know the focus was, on runway railway, but I thought they paint they changed the color scheme of them. You know, I'll I'll have to look back at my photos. It's just that they changed the whole entrance. It's uh, El Capitoon, so it they made it look like a movie theater, and so I didn't really notice the back. Uh, I, that whole facade entrance is brand new. That's good because that whole facade was looking pretty dang scary before they started construction. <laughs> that thing had faded. I don't think it had a repaint since Doontown opened. And all probably, honesty. probably, mm-hmm. but um, it's going to be exciting. So I do plan to be there March nineteen when Toontown opens, Excellent. and see how that is. But the fireworks, the wondrous journeys, I personally enjoyed it a lot, and like they do did with the other fireworks, there is a projection show. And so in various areas of the park, you can get a different view. So you can go to Rivers of America. It's a small world, Sleeping Beauty Castle, or even right in the center of Main Street to uh, really enjoy different versions of the Wondrous Journey fireworks. And as you know, in California, sometimes the wind pre- prevents fire the fireworks show. So if that happens, they'll still have a projection show. And the fireworks is really only on the weekends right now because it's not summer. And how? So. And so you liked it? Because I know Craig didn't care for it. He thought yeah, there was I, just too much going on and it was too frantic. And There is a lot going on. I think it's 18 different songs. You do have two flying <laughs> surprises. And you can probably Google and check. Or if you want me to share, I can share what they are. But they're different. Um, so I enjoyed it a lot. Um, the, the, my girlfriend that was watching it, 
she was hoping to get really emotional and that didn't happen for her. But I think just for me, I don't get to watch fireworks a lot uh, because my little kids can't last through the night. So um, it's been a long time since I've watched a fireworks show. So I was just giddy. <laughs> I have a question. So eight, 18 songs. Yeah. A mix of different songs. Okay. And were they really songs. like quick? Cause I'm about to sound like old man, Tony. Oh, as I, <laughs> no, no, because it's a lot of songs. So yeah, no, as someone were, so I'm, I don't, I didn't see it or hear it, but as someone who's back in the classroom and teaching kids who have TikTok, that they're, that's what they're, they need, they want yeah. something that's that fast. And I'm just wondering if that's part of, we talked a lot, many years about, we've got to remember who, who's the next generation coming to the parks and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering if that's some of what their thought was, or if it reminded you of that, like, okay, new one, new one, new one, new one. Probably. I think I was really focused on the projections and okay. the, the, when was the flying surprise going to happen? But um, now that you mentioned that, that that's probably how it is. <laughs> well, that's just uh, maybe my, that's my, why my girl, my girlfriend didn't find an emotional reaction because the, the song switched so quickly. Mm-hmm. So it could yeah, be. I want an emotional reaction. That's the best that to yeah. me, that's the best thing about the Disneyland fireworks is that mm-hmm. I'm a little teary. eyed. I love this place, right? Like why I don't care about my spreadsheet going that high because of that stuff. <laughs> so, Oh, you're so right, Tony. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I'm a crier. Well, I think that's why I believe in magic was people see that as like the crowning show. Agreed. I think. That was, was that the, the one for the fiftieth? Yes. Re- yeah. Oh, remember we, dreams we, come true. I remember yeah, dreams so, come yeah. true. Is that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we still talk about the the awe and wonder that we had when that when we first saw the show, and we my my kids um, unexpectedly happened to not have school that day on May 5th when we <laughs> off. So, of course, we took advantage. We forget that it was a Wednesday. And um, when we saw the fireworks, we we uh, appreciated them so much. I mean, we were, like I said, we were so awestruck by them that we went the following Friday, I think Saturday, and we got there. And we were, we were that Disney family. We were there at 3.30 p.m. and we put our butts in front of the castle and sat there and waited for the fireworks show. And there were already people waiting for it. It was that good. And we didn't care. We were we were just there to, yeah. to enjoy the crowds and, and watch the show. Yeah, and the 70th anniversary is coming up. So mm-hmm. are they going to have like another, you know, celebrity narrator? And as long as it's not Doogie Hauser, I'll be yeah. fine with it. <laughs> I, I, I like it. You know, it'd be cool. It'd be uh, uh, um, John Stamos. Would be cool. But do, do you think the 70th or do you think the 75th would be more of an impact? Yeah, probably 75th. probably 75th. Yeah. Based on, I was just, this was not for me to drop that I was just in uh, Disney World. But considering I saw merch from the 40th, the 50th, and the 100th, all at the same time, because years don't seem to be 12 months, I'm sure they'll figure out something with 70th, so maybe we can get every anniversary of every year at the same time. <laughs> and did time. you see Disneyland merchandise there? Like we, I, okay, we so Disney I, I, I was looking. Here? 
I, I was looking and I don't think I did like we do there, but when I was in, what was it? I think France and I saw this, the, the apron. I'm like, Oh, I remember that. I remember that from, from uh, Disneyland, even though it's supposed to be yeah. only in Epcot, but I didn't see that as bad there as I did. Cause I did a lot of shop. Like I didn't buy anything, but I was looking at everything cause I wanted to see what I wanted. And, um, I, I thought it was much better there. But, yeah, well, Disneyland that we can buy figment items is just I don't understand. Yeah, and orange bird, I think, too. And orange bird. Well, yeah, yeah orange well, bird's always been. I just remember no, seeing no, the no, no, no. He orange is not bird has been. nothing to do with Disneyland whatsoever. It was like the Florida orange. Like, no, I I cannot stand. I love the character. I know the people love them and figment. I love them both, but they do not belong in Disneyland. I, I, I haven't really got to listen to Lily have a complete meltdown rant for about 15 minutes about how we should have Orange Dole Whip and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And they should bring the Orange Bird here and by God almighty. And I mean, I just sat there and shook my head. and said, oh, okay. <laughs> Hey, I'm still bitter about the fact that my cup says Disney Parks, right? Mm-hmm. It used yeah. to say yeah. Disneyland. Just yeah. All right, uh, let's let's move on from the rant. Uh, I, want, I do want to say one last. There's more. I know theme. that people there's are going coming, to come yeah. to uh, Disneyland for the for the Diz party. I one thing I really did enjoy is if you look at the new cast member name tags for the hundredth, instead of it saying their hometown, it says their favorite character, and it really becomes a conversation piece. So I every time I saw. Nice. I had some time to talk to a cast member and I looked at their character. There are some unique characters uh, and it really has um, made like your, uh, the discussions with all the different cast members, a lot mm-hmm. of fun. So I am really excited about that. And I think when you guys come to Disneyland, you know, look for that and, and, yeah. and talk to them about their characters. Didn't they have that on the name tags at Walt Disney world for a while? Yeah. You know, I, had, I don't remember characters, did they? Yeah, they did. They did that for a long time. I thought they had switched it to, um, oh, to location, be character locations now because Josh in the Josh Gad video we released today, um, Josh Gads has his little name tag for his skipper his skipper cruise outfit says Josh Gad from Arendelle. Yes, and I you know what I remember now somebody had Cinderella. They spelled it wrong, and it bothered me. So, yes, oh. they did have because characters. I remember Cinderella. doing exactly what you did, Lowell. I saw on their name tags or characters, and that is a good conversation starter. Yeah. Yes, except in Florida now, you can't, like, say, you can't, like, subtly write where they're from on the little cast compliment portion of your app. You don't tell me you guys don't use that. Every time I have a good interaction with a cast member, right in front of them, I open up my cast compliment section on my my Disney experience, and I write down their name and where they're from because those are the spots. Nancy, actually, the cast member we had me and my group had a really nice experience at Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and I did do a cast compliment, and it says they're the cast member and their favorite character. That's how we identify. Oh, interesting. So they yes. changed it then. So, yeah, Yay. they changed it for Disneyland. So I. So that's actually in our app now? Yes. Because it yes. used to never be in our app. 
but it was always in the Florida app. I think Luana I'm was referring school. to uh, Walt Disney World, not Disneyland. No, I was no at no, Disneyland. 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 No, because I, I just did, did Disney World. World or Cast Compliment, and they didn't have that character thing. Yeah. That I'm makes sense. Disneyland. Yeah. That's incredible that the IT department was able to have two separate, <laughs> two separate things. I'm kind of excited. And they didn't crash the system. Yes, right? yeah. I'm old All school. Right, so- I still go to City Hall for cast compliments. <laughs> I right, tell so you that about- app makes a big difference. That it did that point in the app makes a huge difference because I can co- throw so many more compliments in in one day if they, with that app that I would ever remember to do at City Hall. That's a really good tip, Nancy. Thank you. Yeah, that is. Uh-huh. All right. So I'll, let's let's move on a little bit. Um, kind of part of the 100 year, but I don't know that it really is, is the return of the Magic Happens Parade, which also I think got delayed due to rain for a couple of days. Um, so as of this recording, it just started, what, a few days ago? Nod your heads. Yes. Um, so this is the parade that premiered two weeks before the parks were shut down for the uh, COVID pandemic. Um, I got to see it back then through a camera lens. <laughs> um, so like before, before uh, we sat down to record, I, I pulled up our video on YouTube plug um and rewatched it um it's nice to have a daytime parade it's nice to have any parade at disneyland yeah but i don't it it doesn't measure up to some of the pre previous parades we've had um i think the openings The opening segment is way too modern to be in Disneyland on Main Street. Um, But I also, but I also enjoy that they pulled out um, some some characters you don't see a lot, like this salute to Sword in the Stone, and also some new some new some new movies. Moana, Coco, are all included. so it, it's it's still fun. Um, it's better than not having a parade. Uh, my favorite catch as I was listening to or watching and listening uh, a few minutes ago. Um, actually, no, well, like 50 minutes ago because we've been talking a while. Uh, was there is a little snippet where you get Remember the Magic. And John probably knows what I'm talking about. Which they've used everywhere. It was it was originally what the twenty fifth anniversary of Disney World, Walt Disney World. Remember I don't think twenty fifth. I'm not sure. Okay, okay. But they also <laughs> yes, that um, they also used it on on Disney Cruise Line uh, during their shows, and the melody is a part of the Christmas fireworks at Disneyland. And it was part of the Parade of Dreams. Wow. So that song has been all over the place. And you, you get a little bit of snippets. So when you watch the parade, listen for that. Uh, does anybody, nobody has seen it, right? Because it's it's brand new. Not yet. It's te- technically brand new. I like that they have just so many different characters, though, like you were saying. Yeah. Certain, yeah. Like, it's like, all, it's Fiona all the, is it's in all, it. Yeah, it's all a salute to magic. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, Tom. You were talking about yeah. how the music doesn't seem to fit 
uh, hidden on Main Street. Does it? The, the, did it the opening segment. Okay, the opening segment. Does it have the same impact to you that the 60th anniversary uh, parade had when it first um, premiered at Disneyland? And there was an outcry, and they actually changed the music. Do you think that? I don't remember that. It was it was pomp and circumstance. Yes, oh. that was Michael and, Eisner's idea, pomp and circumstance, for Fent from Fantasia two thousand. And people yeah. hated it, and they mm-hmm. changed which, it. Which this was what? The, which parade was this? The sixtieth, the one that had no Tarzan way. in it, the one that had Donald no, and the big globe. Maybe okay. So what this was before was, this. That had to be the fortieth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how Tarzan just before, remembered. It was before, yeah. Yeah, but um, okay, but you don't think the music will will have that kind of an impact on on the guests? No, no, no. Um, was that no. the music that was written by Todrick Hall? Yes, it was, which is another problem. Because I um I remember I downloaded that when it was available years ago and i thought and i agreed with you todd uh, tom i thought it doesn't quite fit as a disney parade music mm-hmm. yeah when todrick hall has had some interesting press in the last couple of years and so but anyway okay let's move on any other visits to the parks nancy you you had said that you uh we went to, went to the DVC. remember magic yeah right, give us a couple minutes on that Okay, um, it's pretty rare that they have a DVC event out here. The last time I think, um, Luella, you, Mary Jo, went with Dina, and we ran into you in Carsland or something like that, and I, t- I brought Zoe, and it was, how do I want to put it? I thought it was a really different atmosphere this year. You can see probably a lot of commentary on it on DVC Fan because I know that um, I know that uh, Paul had a bunch of people reporting into him. Um, and if you are a DVC member, make sure you do check out DVC Fan, which John also produces. <laughs> oh, got a little hit there for you. Um, Thank you. It. For us, I found DVC for a really, really freaking long time. It's 30 years for me this year that I've been a member. And, you know, to actually be able to have events like that at Disneyland, it really says something. Um, They basically reserved the entire park. Um, You could go in at 5. And even though the event didn't really, you know, they didn't cl- they didn't sweep out the public until eight, um, and then from eight o'clock on to like eleven, um, you could ride as many rides as you want. They um, they had various different um, snack stands around the park, and at the snack stands, unfortunately, it was pretty much limited to fruit bars, Mickey bars. And uh, bottled drinks, which they sold out of extremely fast. Um, the one cool thing they did do was they gave us food coupons. And you can oh, wow. use coupons at any of the um, the New Year's booths. 
and any of the um the only thing you couldn't use them on was the actual sit down restaurants like uh per um Pacific Wharf Cafe because um you could use them in Cars Land though. Flows was apparently very popular. Um this seems to be the way they're going forward with these Moonlight Magic uh, member events. So the biggest piece of advice that I would give that I kind of got annoyed with my family on because they wouldn't listen to me was use your food coupons first. You're, you basically <laughs> got $30 worth of free food. Oh, wow. How, can I ask yeah, you? Yeah, you got three $10 tickets. How? I um... mean... Nancy, yeah. how long, how I did one many at di- an Epcot, like I, it's, it's funny mm-hmm. as you get older, I can't remember. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was almost 10 years ago. But anyways, where they had the coupons, but the lines were out of control. So it yes. wasn't worth it. How was it at Diz at California Adventure? The lines were out of control. Okay. I remember, um, one of our our listening buddies, Kyle Miyamoto, he and his family waited probably, I I don't want to say two hours, but it was pretty close. No. Um, going on the spreadsheet, Wayne. Close. The thirty dollars is not worth it. But no. I mean, you could. I I walked up. I literally walked up to one of the Lunar New Year booths and got a really kick ass um, bow. Um, that was really extremely tasty for, you know, no, hardly no line. I mean, yeah, there were lines in some of the more mainstream food booths, but some of the more exotic offerings, they had no lines and you could walk right up and do your thing. Did you get a free gift or anything? Um, no free gifts. Um, they did run... Harmonious one, mm-hmm. world of color one is what they're calling it. Um, Harmonious. They ran it. They did their usual <laughs> run it at park close time. So while they kicked everybody out at eleven, supposedly they were running Harmonious in the background. I saw a little bit of the nine o'clock show, and I was pretty. I I thought it looked really nice. So from what I, because my food booth was right there, so I had to watch a little bit of it. Um, my family, they were done for the day. <laughs> they, we ended up leaving early. But um, but as far as general things went, it was actually, I had fun. I mean, they even, they even ran the Spider-Man Web Slinger show for us. Oh, wow. And, you know, you wouldn't expect the little extras, but they had uh, quite the number of attractions open. Um, they basically had everything in um, everything on Paradise Pier or Pixar Pier. I'm sorry. God forbid. Pixar Pier. Cars well, you've Land already called World of Color 1 harmonious. So just <laughs> keep running, Nancy. Oh, Call it whatever you want. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Now I don't feel so bad. Aphasia is an exciting thing to have. I've, <laughs> I've, I've found I've really grown into accepting it. Nancy, um, but- I have two shirts that I want. I want what you just said. Aphasia is an exciting thing to have. 
and Kick-Ass <laughs> Bow. I want both of those on his shirt. No, I will buy both. Tony, that nice. might be the opening act for um, our band. Yes! Oh, wow. Nice, yeah. Global hygiene revolution. That's yeah. right. Yep. That's right. It took me Open a second. Up. Not as fast as I used to be, but yes. <laughs> they, they did have like the animation building open, Turtle Talk, uh, Monsters, Inc. Nice. All of Adventures Campus was open. Oh, man, I tell you... I almost I should have gone into Pims before Pims Pims got a line. The Pims was actually pretty reasonable as far as being able to get food from, and Pims is really fairly great. So I just realized, go. Tom, that could be a, a segment that that we could do, you and me. All the things that I haven't seen at Disneyland. <laughs> we could we between both parks, it would be an hour and a half show right, at this right. point. Well, well send us a link to that show you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on and talk about yep. uh some things that are coming. Uh one we've already talked about is Run Disney and Luella, you got Did you get signed up for that? The new Run Disney race? I the did. Upcoming Run yeah. Disney race. And I think it's been if you want, can you believe it? It's been a six year hiatus oh. since run Disney was actually yeah. in yeah. Disneyland and it's Due continued to, to be at, construction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. First they yeah. said it was uh, galaxy's edge. <laughs> How long has galaxy's edge yeah. been open? You know, I think we all can kind of assume it might've been uh, something having to do with the city because unfortunately the difference between run Disney at Disneyland versus at, um, at uh, Walt Disney world is, it has to take place with the city of Anaheim the streets, because there's yeah, just not enough yeah. land to, to yeah. make it half a mile. But it's uh, next year, the week of January 11th to the 14th. Uh, and it has a 5k, a 10k and a half. And um, if unfortunately it is sold out, but sometimes uh, if you follow their Twitter, it does open up some, sometimes some spots open up. So six years. Yeah. I think a lot of people wanted to do this race. So, very excited. I think um, yeah, there's a lot of people from Florida going to participate because they give you this whole mm-hmm. um, coast-to-coast coast challenge medal yeah. if you do both races yeah. <laughs> on both coasts. So. Yeah. Come oh, back. it's going to be so popular. Uh, yeah. Tony, it's time to dust off your, your Tinkerbell too. So what was interesting is that Disney World, there was, a, there was somebody dressed up like that because I was just there and all the the princess weekend people came in and I was like, it's been a while since I ran. I remember when I ran in that thing. I was the, mm-hmm. around for that one. Yes. yes. I was, mu- I had much less poundage than I do now. <laughs> that was when I was in great shape. Cause I had to run for that thing. Yeah. But, and also I think the races yeah. Wayne for you were probably like one fifty, not three fifty, like they are now, but I know oh, yeah. that was also That's a decade nice. ago and, Things get more expensive because I'm crotchety mm-hmm. old man Tony now, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, a right, couple couple fun announcements, fun in quotes. Uh, this week, recently, uh, depending on when you're listening to this show, uh, we are getting a special presentation of Rogers the Musical at the Hyperion Theater. Any opinions on that? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so Nancy well, enjoys it. All right. Oh, I thought she's shirt. disappointed. I thought she sat on attack or something. Right. <laughs> um, you are do, disappointed. Do, do, I do was... we know? Do we know if the original composers are coming back to write 
additional songs? Um, supposedly it's going to be a little more expanded than right. just what but, was on Hawkeye. Well, it'll have to but, be because that was only two minutes long. Yeah. But John, I'm so ashamed of you for today's show. Not ever, ever seeing Hawkeye and, and seeing Roger the Musical and getting it. <laughs> I, I have to make sure I see it. But what's on YouTube is a Chris Evans reaction video to that musical. Oh, I imagine that's that is pretty priceless. Funny. It's yeah. priceless. And he's very genuine. So when I saw it at the, D20, at the D23 Expo, when they did, they staged it, I just thought, they need to make a show out of this. Mm -hmm. So I'm really thrilled. I'm still doing something with the Hyperion. Right. And they need to do something. And it fits. I mean, I totally agree with Erica on on the Orlando show. That it really fits the whole area because Mm -hmm. that's literally the boundary end of Avengers campus. Sure. I'm hoping um, if it's popular, I hope they'll extend it and not leave Hyperion right. dark again. Oh, and don't forget they have Moon Girl um, meet and greets now, too. Now the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur has been released. I am so excited about that. Moon Sorry, Girl, that's not in my notes. Moon Girl, <laughs> you see the, no, the non-animated version of her uh, web slinger. <laughs> So in the Web Slinger's queue, they show you pictures of her. And it's it's one of the most awesome comic books Marvel has ever put out. That's one of the things I like about um, uh, Avengers Campus is all the characters that they have. And they're so diverse. So many characters. And they can can change them at whim because they, I mean, Ant-Man and and the whatever blah, blah, blah movie just came out. Right. Just came out, and they already have the 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 character, the, the new the, character from that movie in the park. Ken so. was already yeah. seen. Yeah, yeah. Luella and I were also at D twenty three. So with Michael, you were there. Luella and I were there. Um, oh, exciting! It was. It so was good. We all enjoyed the. Was, the um, I think that was the one presentation I missed. You didn't go to that one, Tom. Apparently not. Okay. And I said, non-Marvel. Luella and I were lucky to be in a group that we were pretty much in the front at all of the panels. And and so it was a fun group to watch this excitement. And the other announcement that came out just recently is the secret tower that they're building at the Disneyland Hotel. The new DVC tower is opening this year. Yay! So the, the, the imaginative name of the villas at the Disneyland Hotel opens this year. And oh my God, I'm sure there beautiful. are. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, they released out some general information on it um, and how each of the different rooms are. Um, right. Or decorated and stuff. I'm so excited. I like was in shock when they said we could start booking it next month. Mm-hmm. And it opens in September. How quickly will okay. those points be sold? Okay, Nancy. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta I gotta interrupt. Points. Okay, yeah, thank you. So Nancy, I'm not yes. as excited as you. Um I have a smaller contract. I wasn't around when the three the the uh the 30 years ago when they were a great deal 
mine now still looks like a great deal because they just keep going up. Right. And right. I, I'm looking for more points. I'm considering it, but not for the Disneyland hotel tower because right. Don't and buy here's, no, and here's my, pro- and here's my problem with the tower itself and the amount outrageous amount of points that they're going to charge for you to stay oh, there yeah. for a weekend and how much it's going to cost. Because now that I'm in Northern California and no longer in Orange County, I go for two days, right? I travel, right. I go for two days and I'm going to go on the weekend like everybody else. So there's going to be the, the, the cost per point is going to be outrageous. And then I can't spend a week at the Disneyland Villa and it be a resort where I'm enjoying myself just at the resort. Cause I haven't seen anything from what they've released that makes it look like a, I could go here and not go to the parks. And this is just well, my little rant. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Because in Disney World, cause I mm-hmm. just did it. I just did a week at Animal Kingdom Lodge and I had freaking giraffes out my balcony. Okay. Yep. I stayed there and never had to leave. They had yep. three restaurants. Well, four, right, four. I could go to Saratoga Springs and walk to, to Disney Springs and just have the resort feel and enjoy myself. My issue uh-huh. with the Disneyland mm-hmm. Tower is the price that they're going to charge. And I'm going to have to, and I'm going to be there for two days and it's going to use up all my points. But I can't spend a week and just relax. And because Disneyland, as someone who never did the, the, the weekend trip because I was always there, it's different. I totally see the difference now because, but I'm not going to waste 30 grand for two weekends where I, I could use that same amount. I'm not saying 30 grand, but that amount for three, I could get a two bedroom villa at, I don't know, uh, you know, boardwalk. You like, could get a two bedroom villa at Old Key West for 14 to 20 points that, a night. That's my concern. And then my other I concern, because I've been thinking about this, is that there's not, where's all the restaurants? Right, they're still. You're they right. Still have, you're they still absolutely have par- right. They still have Paradise Pier, and I looked at. I was like, oh, I wonder how much it Paradise Pier with no restaurant yet, and they're still charging like five hundred bucks a night. Sorry, this has been a thing. And then Disneyland, they're they're building this new tower, but they're not. They're just building hotel rooms. Where's the everything well, else? Okay, I'm I, done. Okay, yeah, there's no sit down restaurant got, there. I've got a couple a couple points that will I guess make my excitement a little better. One, I don't have to do damn resort hotel exchange points like I've had to do time and time again in the past. There will actually be Excellent a chance point. to get a room. I mean August the fourth for the the event, I can't even I couldn't even get a DVC room day of Opening at uh, the seventh do, month. Do we know? Window do we mark. know how many? Um, do we know how many rooms compared to what is already existing at the Grand? Oh, it's more than the Grand. Yeah. Oh, way more than the Grand. More than double inventory. The Grand the, is literally the smallest resort. It is smaller than Beach Club. Isn't it like fifty? Only yeah, like it's hardly like it's rooms. really nothing. Yeah, forty-nine rooms yeah. or forty-seven rooms, okay. including okay. the two grand villas. Isn't and it the, Disney- the, the Disneyland DVC villas? Isn't it like one hundred and thirty-five rooms or something? Oh, yeah, wow. okay, it's something so crazy. Increase. And they did a lot more studios because 
that's who goes to Disneyland. So yep. it's, I'm just curious as to how much it's going to be per point, And then, oh, but I can get two weekends for the same thing that I could have a week at Disney World. Yeah. That's and my- I mean, I totally get and equal that. And people constantly on the boards and stuff diss us people who have to exchange our points just because we want to stay because it's not a good value. It, considering dollar to point ratios, it's not considered a good value. But if that's where you want to be, I mean, all this time since the grand has been open, we've had to exchange points. That's been what, 10, 15 years now? So um, it's. I, I can say when I got married 21 years ago, we were able to spend 250 a po- 250 points for a one of the artisan suites on the That's end amazing. right facing right facing the exit to Grizzly River Rapids i got one of those really cool suites for 250 points for more than just a weekend so the number of points we've had to spend has gone up so incredibly much. Well, I'm hoping the tower takes the heat off of the Grand Californian Villas because I'm an owner there, and I it's so hard to get in. Yep. It really is. And um, I'm disappointed with the theme because Thank all you. the other towers are based on realms of Disneyland. And then this one that should have been named like Tomorrowland Tower or something yeah. is is not themed to the park whatsoever. It, it seemed the characters from what yeah. I was hearing. Yeah, so, so I'm disappointed that they should have carried out the theme of the rest of the of resort. Disney's not doing theming, I don't think, as they're redoing the resorts like they used to. And what's interesting to bring my um the my partner who went with me. And she was, she said, I love what she loved about Animal Kingdom Lodge, even though so far away, was that it was so well themed. Like, cause yep. that's, you can't get that at the Westin down on Catella. I'm horse horrible right. directions, right? But you can get, <laughs> even though I, I'm like staying on the cheap one behind it, but, um, but you can get those generic rooms now everywhere. And I know it could be an age issue and that, Gen Z and millennials might want that instead. I don't know, but I thought what made Disney Disney was the themed resorts yeah. that you can't get anywhere. And I would have uh, agreeing with Michael. I'd have liked to see more Disneyland in that. Is it, it is true, and I will totally and thoroughly agree with you on that. The Grand is literally the only resort at Disneyland, the only hotel at Disneyland where you can be immersive. And that's only because it was specifically designed as part of the park to be included in, in the park landscape and architecture. So, I mean, that's a lot of people don't realize that that hotel was designed specifically with that in mind. The Disneyland hotel, it's always been fifties fun. Mm you know, it's always been opening day fun um, from the attractions, the pool, the bar, everything. So 
it's I've never really thought of Disneyland being immersive as Walt Disney World because that's what you go to Walt Disney World for. And all right, so, so we shall see how the, all this. We'll see how all this plays out. I'm sure there will be more announcements. Yep. Who knows? Maybe maybe we will get a restaurant that you just haven't talked about yet because that was it was a fairly vague announcement just with it's coming. So yeah, they well, opened the lounge. They reopened the lounge of Steakhouse Fifty Five. Oh, did they? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's but, interesting. Are they going to ever open the open the old um, the the Tony and I went to the old Japanese restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> Are they, I mean, they have all that space, Yamabuki, of all their restaurant yes. space at, at Pixar, and they haven't even bothered to think about. No, uh, they've, 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 they've announced it. They made announcements about restaurants yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I want the, not just the lounge. I want the whole Steakhouse 55 to reopen because mm-hmm. I'm really sad that when I go to Disney, when I look at the Disney World restaurants, I see our Steakhouse 55 menu over there at Steakhouse 71, right. and we've got yeah. empty seats. I know it could have to do with mm-hmm. hiring people and all that, but I want Steakhouse 55. I think back. it was just the construction. I think that's why. Oh, okay. But the lounge only has a handful of tables, it was never large. Yeah. So, all right. Before we move on, let's let's uh, have one more trip report. Mary Jo, you went on a cruise. I did. I've um, done all. You know, not all, but I've done the Bahama cruises quite a few times at Disney. And now that the wonder is here at a local port, um, Mm -hmm. took advantage of going on that cruise. And I I want to kind of interject before getting to that part is. Um, this the cruise that I went on wouldn't have happened if I hadn't met a wonderful group of women who call themselves the Divas, who originated on the Disboards, and it's been 15 years that this group of women get together and go to Disneyland every year. So this year was the, the 15th year. So many of us have become real friends, not just virtual friends. And 22 of us went on the Disney Wonder and to um, Catalina and Ensenada for a night cruise. Had an absolute blast on it. And the Disney Wonder was the very first cruise ship, the Disney cruise ship that I that I went on back in, I think, 2004. With, I actually went with Key and a couple of the Dreams agents um, who are still working for Dreams Unlimited. And fell in love with the ship at that time and it felt kind of That's like going home. I, is it? Well, mostly because that's the one I've spent the most nights on. That makes sense. So. It's like, it's like, it's like going it's, home. It's, it's going home. Like you said. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. And, and it was, I was just so happy. We, we did Palo brunch. Our uh, server was Carlos. And you know that, the, and I should, if they don't have the unlimited brunch like they did before. We all know that it's changed now. So remember in the center of Palo how they had different tables and the setups where you could go grab your desserts and, and fruit mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, now they have a big round table. Or they brought it in for us and put us in that spot in the middle of the restaurant so we could all sit together. And it was so nice because although the private room is really nice and it's special, we were able to see the ocean. We had a, we had a, you know, room to, um, it was it was nice. We could talk to each other across the way. It wasn't a long table, rectangular table, so we didn't have to shout to be heard and stuff. So Palos was great. 
Palo, excuse me. Um, it was just really nice. And like, and one of the things that was kind of fun was one of two of the ladies who went are from Australia. And one of them said, told me, she says, I have to tell you that the reason I got involved with the divas was hearing about you talk about them on the Diz Unplugged. So, so first of all, it was, it's a thanks to Pete for giving us the opportunity to do this. And then thanks to Tom for um, allowing us to talk about the divas and having, and having that as uh, one of our segments where we had some of the ladies on because it brought more people together. So it's just one Excellent. of those, you know, just warm, fuzzy feelings, right? Now the wonder is going out of San Diego. Yeah. yeah. So it's going out of the San Diego okay. terminal and it was really easy. So for people who want to go on a bus, uh, a cruise out of San Diego, um, mm-hmm. be prepared. It's not like going out of um, Port Canaveral, but they do have a right. couple of Something, hotels. But... Yeah, the, the terminal, you, you don't park, they don't have a covered structure, and it's, it's a, a little bit different. But there's a couple of hotels that are within rock, walking distance across the street where you can park your car. It's in a, in a protected area and at a pretty reasonable cost, I think. For four nights, it was $102. Um, to, to be able to do that. Remember, we're talking California prices. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and um, check-in was, was very easy. So, it, it, right now, during the winter months, you're hitting Catalina, Ensenada, or Ensenada and Cabo San Lucas, Cabo San Lucas um, for the okay. freezes, or going up to the, the California coast. And then eventually, you know, they'll reposition and they'll take it up to probably, I don't know if it's Seattle Vancouver. or Vancouver. 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 Yeah. So that's, those are other places. I just think it's so, I mean, the, convenient. In San Diego is kind of, kind of like the shoulder cruises before and after Alaska. But if you can time it right, you could do a Disneyland vacation and try head down to San Diego and get, catch the ship and do both but, at one, do both in one trip. Yeah. And there's people who don't want to, rent a car right so you can easily hop on the train it's very close to disneyland maybe a couple of miles take an uber to the train take the train to san diego and you can if you're adventurous you can take the trolley or you can but just the, take the uber but the train but and the train um depot is not that far away from the cruise terminal in san diego it's probably yeah, it's, even closer than the train from disneyland to um, the Anaheim Arctic or whatever they call it. Yeah, it's it's very very close, and so is the airport. They're all right there in San Diego. So yeah, I, I highly recommend that itinerary. Something I'm wondering about though is that you know there's a lot of cruise lines that go that itinerary at a lot more reasonable price, with there not being any castaway key stopover and things. Do you feel you get the full Disney Cruise Line experience? I'm going to say yes, Michael, because mm-hmm. a lot of people in the I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead and finish what you're going to say. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, I'm going to say yes, because especially because a lot of people on the West Coast don't have the opportunity to fly to Orlando or to to get to Port Canaveral. So they don't get to do this, um, this cruise. So this is great. for The cruise was it was fully booked. And we had people from all over who went on it. Having said that, the entertainment, the, the dining, the, the service 
is top notch with Disney. The entertainment, the shows were great. We saw all they had um, the Golden Mickey's, which a lot of us know. They had oh god, Fro- still, but they had still. they had Frozen, and Frozen blew me away. How they how they did the production and how they accommodated it was it was really good. And then they had um, I think the last one was not Dream. It was, no, it was Dream. It wasn't Believe. It was Dream. And it was it was different than what I remember. So at least they changed it up. It it wasn't. Um, I remember it being kind of corny, and this time it wasn't. They they just did such an outstanding job. And one thing I noticed different here is, uh, like many of the um, fellow cruisers, we like trivia on these cruise ships. And when I was on the podcast cruise we found that the trivia was repeated. So we went to like an 80s music trivia on the first date. If we went on the fourth date, they were the same questions. So there was so no fun in that. No, we actually, we actually did it. I, <laughs> I did it. How many medals? How many medals do you have? <laughs> uh, a few. <laughs> well, the and, good and, thing and about and them, the good thing about them still holding the gold Mickey's is they held it on long enough that they didn't have to switch out um, Robert um, Bob Iger. Michael, that was my thought when we watched it. I was like, it fits again because when we saw it on another ship, I was like, yeah, this is a little bit dated, but you know, but now it fit right in with Ed San Benson, you know, and, yeah. and uh, it was it was so funny, but. It, Isn't it nice that Iger makes himself available live <laughs> for all those shows, right? right? And he and he and he and he keeps his youthful luck for all of them too, right? <laughs> but I will tell you on all the right. wonder with all of the trivia games, they now for those of you who played trivia before, they always have like a, a lanyard with a Mickey on it. For this one, each different trivia had a different character that you could get: Mickey, oh, wow. Donald, Daisy. And, and some of the others. And so the goal was the collection that, mm-hmm. that you could get at them. The nighttime shows were fun. And bingo, I don't know that if they've done this on the other ships, but they had, well, they probably did, but people actually, there was win, winning like $5,000 if you um, got a certain number within, if you got, if you got bingo within a certain number, you would win $5,000. And on one of the bingos, they actually won it. So it was everybody in our group was extremely happy with our experiences on the, on the show. So I would recommend it. Well, that was uh, that was a great conversation of the Disneyland team. You know, it is always fun to have them back and be back with them. That's where I got my start was with the Disneyland team but, and connecting with Walt, as Tom Bell always says, was a spinoff show. So we are going to continue our conversation next week um, with the Disneyland team. See what they have to say about uh, some of the attractions and things. But now it is time for This Week in Disney History. <laughs> Uh, John, I think it is your turn this week to start us oh, off. You know, kind of fitting because of the beginning of, that we started, March 4th, 1914, just because it's in the same family, Disney animator director Ward Kimball. 
you know, one of the better known one is uh, mm-hmm. animators. The nine old men is born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Best remembered as one of Walt's, like I said, nine old men for contributions such as Fantasia, Pinocchio and Dumbo, his contributions to those films. I love his expressive face. Mort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, and he was a clown. I mean, he, yes. if you've ever seen him, you know, the film of him or anything like that, he was quite a character. Yep. So I would but, love watching him look at the, the the pages and then look at the camera and make the face and then do and then flip the pages and then do the mm-hmm. camera. And then do, it was amazing. Just an amazing process. Oh yeah. He had like a rubber face too. Yeah, right. And, and you know, he had a love of trains the way Walt did. I mean, he sort of introduced Walt in a way to his love of trains. He was one of the people that did. And um, there is, we have a locomotive named after Ward Kimball at Disneyland. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Well, mine is uh, March 9th, 1963. This, this involves Walt Disney, but up in my neck of the woods, up. um, Have you ever heard of the Santa Cruz beach and boardwalk, John? I've heard of Santa Cruz, but not the beach and boardwalk. Beach and board. It's probably the last great um, California boardwalk that's still around. They used to be, you know, all up and down the coast, but Santa Cruz is still alive and well. And well, back on March 9th, 1963, Walt went there with several of his staff, including Admiral Joe Fowler. And they went there because they wanted to see the Autorama ride, which was their little, you know, miniature car ride that they had there. Uh-huh. Now, they were interested in the guidance system because, John, you've probably seen video of Disneyland in 1955. In, in the early years, the version of Utopia, it was um, the cars had bumpers, but otherwise th- you could drive all over the place. There was no center rail. Oh, I didn't. I thought there was always a guide rail. Yep, no, no. So the problem is, is that kids especially always crashing into each other and it would jump the curb as well so when the santa cruz beach and boardwalks autorama ride opened in 1961 in addition to front and rear bumpers the cars had a center guide rail to control the car's steering range so that they couldn't you know jump the curb so um and two years later a, a center guide rail was installed in Disneyland's Utopia. So, uh, so Walt Disney came up, came up to Northern California to, wow. to see how he could improve an attraction at Disneyland. So, anyway, so I always think that was fun. I always wonder, oh, I wonder if he, uh, you know, had candy had a you know candy floss or as they call it <laughs> and you know rode the carousel and you know rode the rode, went on any of the other attractions yeah. when he was there so all right well did you go to um the last uh, d23 expo i did not i went to the one at the contemporary the destination d oh, i, I love did that. not go to california yet for the d23 yeah i hope i'm hoping i get tickets to go to that this year again but um anyway well you know josh gad the actor voice actor we know him best probably as olaf um he he became a disney legend 
there. He was awarded the the Legend Award. And one of the things that he joked about, well, first of all, that he would now always call himself Disney legend Josh Gad. (laughs) And, And then he told a story of how he had applied to be, uh, he wanted to be a Jungle Cruise skipper at the Magic Kingdom in Florida. And he applied and, you know, went went to where you apply. And he was turned down. So oh. he wanted to, uh, so in his speech, which was hilarious, it's probably the one of the highlights of the Disney Legends Award. He said, oh, now he wanted to contact that person in um, HR and say, oh, you can update my my uh file from when i was 18 years old to to include disney legend josh gad well he finally got his dream he there's a little uh, i don't know if you saw it it came out I, this week a video of I didn't josh. see it everyone everyone's telling me about it so yeah. i know it's got to be funny josh gad was a jungle cruise skipper at disneyland now this is clearly staged because everybody had mouse ears on and you know all of that <laughs> And he had another skipper with him. And so, but the, the, the video has him telling a, a lot of the classic jokes a, as you go around. But he does introduce himself at the beginning as Disney legend Josh Gad. So I think anybody who was at the D23 Expo realized that was sort of an in-joke for, I think, everybody who attended his legend ceremony there. But it's cute. You'll have to um, catch that. I will on there. So, and so I just wanted to remind folks, I will be in Philadelphia. I am going to go to the the Franklin Institute on March 8th to see the Disney 100 Years of Wonders exhibit. I think my tickets for like 930 in the morning, going with a few friends and listeners um, to from connecting with Walt. So if you're roaming around there, uh, be sure to say hello or join us or whatever. But I will be reporting back on my thoughts on the uh, on the exhibition and what is there and all that as we um, when I get back from my trip. So, awesome! Looking forward to it. I have to see that. Uh, have you seen again? There's been video how they have a sort of a, a hologram of Walt Disney. No. Yes, it disturbs me to no end. So um, I've only seen videos, so and I, I'm not impressed with it. They, I don't think they got the smile right. You know, and the sound was off. So I don't know if that was yeah. just the tr- video somehow threw it off. If but, the sound um, linked up, would you have been happier with it or still? No, because Walt never wanted a statue of himself in the parks or anywhere. And so, um, no, he, he just didn't. When, when Blade Gibson carved a bust of him and he, and, and he presented it to Walt, he just thought what he would like it. Walt said, what in the hell am I going to do with that thing? I'm not dead, you know, to that effect. And, and, and poor Blaine was, was horrified because I mean, it's one of the few times Walt seemed really upset. It's with Blaine. And so um, Blaine kept it. And now it's on display at the Walt Disney Family Museum when you enter um, the lobby. But, uh, but you know, the partner statue, one was given to, to the Disney family. And the, it was always assumed that they would, it would be at the Walt Disney Family Museum someday. But it's my understanding that thing is crated up and in a warehouse because the family was not totally comfortable with 
uh, a statue of Walt in the park. Although I think years later, Diane Disney Miller did relent on it. But when she realized that modern generations didn't know Walt was a real person. And that was the whole reason for opening the museum. So I think she ended up being okay with it. But, um, you know, so I don't, I don't know how the family would feel about this recreation. So because there's so like much any of the holograms. Pardon me? I don't like any of the holograms I've seen. Yeah. And it's a concert purse. Like, it, it's just uncanny. They're, they've passed. Let them be. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And I, um, yeah, I, and, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? I was about to say something. Uh, about the museum, how she allowed it, but you're not sure how they felt about this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if they would be all that excited about this. So we'll, we shall see. Oh, oh, I was, I was going to say, because there's so much film of him, they could have used film welcoming them something from the wonderful world of color or you know something like that welcoming people to the exhibit or doing a little explanation of you know how they create the magic so i mean there's tons of stuff out there plenty of alternatives than a hologram yeah i think they could have used that so so i will report back in a couple weeks let folks know about that but john until next time how can our listeners connect with you bigfatpanda.com goes straight to my YouTube channel. Otherwise, you can find me on the Diz Unplugged, DVC fan, DCL fan. I'm on those YouTube channels having a good time trying to make content. Excellent. Well, you can send me messages at michaelbowling at disneyinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Facebook, I'm michaelbowling-connectingwithwalt. Instagram, I'm michaelbowlingthediz. And you can connect with me, Craig, and John on Twitter at connectingwalt. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studios, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes on the link Craig includes in our show notes or disunplug.com. And look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, and Amazon podcasts, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings when possible. So thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother, Roy. 